Hey, before we get to the message, can I just pray if you've got your hands with me? Thank you, God, that uh, we can be in this building and just be able to do this. And, uh, and Lord, I know that many of our weeks are hard. Uh, many of our weeks have reasons to be down and reasons to be, you know, discouraged, God. But I pray that right now we'll just be able to um, set that aside for one moment and hear what you want uh, to do in our lives, take on a new revelation, God, that we would leave this place you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to take on another week with a new strength, God, with a new, you know, feeling, a new refreshing feeling to go out to the week, God. So I just pray that tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. 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 So good. So we're in the topic of faith zone tonight. Can everyone say faith zone? Faith zone. Faith zone. And, you know, faith is a pretty common word. It has lots of different meanings, but I really want to break down what faith sort of means tonight. And I guess for me, it means to trust in God, but, but not just to trust in God, to sort of set aside all of my feelings, all of my, um, you know, what I see, what I hear, all of my senses, and just sort of look, uh, rely on the knowledge of what, you know, of who God is, yeah. rather than the knowledge of what I can do. Right. You know, for me, faith is, you know, sort of stepping out into the darkness in a sense, and just trusting in who God is, the goodness of God. And, uh, you know, I believe that God's given us all an invitation to step into faith. You know, it's not something we necessarily uh, have to do. We, we don't have to step out. But he's given us this invitation that we can step out and rely on a greater power and a greater strength yeah. than what we think we can, you know, sort of do in our own. Yeah. You know, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. So we know that when we step out and we trust in God and abandon our own feelings and our own senses, then we know that God will prosper us. He won't harm us. Yeah. You know, we know that we're safe, that you know, we're not, we're not going to be you know, left in the lurch. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to prosper and we have a hope and a future as a result. And so that's what, that's what faith is. And I believe so, so strongly that we are given this invitation. We're given an invitation to faith. And, uh, and yeah, we need to step, into, step out of our own understanding to rely on God's power. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 says that your faith may, might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And so that basically means that, you know, we're all smart people. We all have good ideas and there's, you know, so much wisdom and knowledge in the world with the internet. We can Google any answer if we want. But to truly have faith, that we need to abandon all of that and trust solely in what God is doing and what God wants to do in us to rely in that. I, I see it like cricket. I don't know if anyone has been watching the Ashes recently, but in cricket, you have the option as a batter to either... You know, try and smack the ball, get a run, um, go for a four or a six, make it to the boundary, or you can block the ball. Yeah. Uh, you can play it safe and block the ball, and I think that's why cricket's so boring, is because in five days, five days, you can stay in your crease and just block the, block the ball. <laughs> All day for five days. But at some point or another, in order to get the victory, in order to actually get some runs on the board, the batter at some point has to decide, alright, I'm going to make an attempt. I'm going to try and, uh, and hit the ball. And as he does that, he hits the ball at risk of getting caught out. And he steps out of his crease. He steps out of his faith zone and he needs to run to the other side. And I see that's the same as, same as Christians. You know, we can stay in the crease all day, every day if we want. Like our salvation has already been paid for. 
We don't need to earn our salvation. We already have salvation, but God is offering us a relationship where we can trust in Him. Who knows all good relationships are based in trust. And so we can make an attempt at the ball and, you know, step out of our tree, step out of our safe zone and into the faith zone. So good. It's good. You know, many of us have taken faith steps in our life. You know, maybe some of you have trusted God with your finance and you're sort of in that faith zone with your money. Or maybe it's with healing or or maybe it's with a job situation or with family situation. You're saying, hey, God, I know I have all these awesome ideas, but I'm just going to trust you for the answer. I'm going to trust in what you can do. You know, I have good ideas for my money. I've read the Barefoot Investor, but I'm just going to trust you for my financial situation. Maybe it's with your singleness, young adults in this place. You're like, you know, I'm going to trust you, God, to provide the godly man, to provide the godly woman, so that I can, uh, you know, live out of my comfort zone and in God's understanding. And uh, so it sounds great for the first year, but then you get three years into it and you're like, God, what is going on? Still single, but I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. When we step out of the faith zone, you know, we, we often find it gets hard. It gets difficult. And, you know, like the singleness thing, you can be three years into it, you can be, you know, so obedient to God in the situation, but it still gets chaotic. And, and I believe I was having a conversation just like just before the service of, of how, you know, when we step into God's calling, when we rely on God's power, then all of a sudden we're faced with this heaviness. You know, it might be an attack from the devil or, or something like that. There's opposition to it. Because when we step into God's uh, faith and the devil gets scared, if you step into a relationship with God, the devil gets scared and tries to throw all these things at us. And so when we're talking about faith zone tonight, I want to talk about the fact that faith is persistent. Faith is persistent. You know it's coming up to Christmas time. It's like it's sort of it's sort of that month where you start you start to think about it, you start to think about your holidays and what you're gonna do and what presents you're gonna buy. And it was about this time of year when I was ten that I decided what I wanted for my Christmas present. And uh, and I wanted it so bad, like as a ten year old, um, I wanted a Nintendo Wii. Yeah. Does, anyone still, does anyone still play Nintendo Wii? <laughs> I wanted a Nintendo Wii. I'd go over to my friend's place and I'd just be amazed at how like this thing would know what you're doing and, and you could play, you know, all the different games of Mario Kart and Wii Sport. And there was Wii Fit, I was gonna get fit with Wii Fit. <laughs> and I wanted it so bad, so I started doing what every 10-year-old does in September, I start dropping the hints, start laying the groundwork. So, you know, just dropping the hey, you know. This place is having a sale on the Nintendo Wii. It's you know, not $200 anymore, so it's $175. Yeah. Or like, you know, asking if anyone wants a coffee, and like, you know, making a coffee, and like, hey, mum, uh, you know, I'm loving Nintendo Wii for Christmas, and, and you know, by the laws, being the best kid ever. And so the months would roll by, and I'm just laying the groundwork. You know, I, I'm, in my, I'm in my faith zone. I'm trusting for this thing. And it comes to December, comes to Christmas Day and I walk out and I look under the Christmas tree and, you know, I've studied Nintendo Wii's. I was that sort of kid that would go into the shop and just look at the box and I'd just be like, imagine one day taking that home, taking picking up that box and unwrapping it and plugging it in. I knew all the different parts, I knew all the different games, I knew all the different accessories. 
And so I walked out on Christmas morning and I looked under the tree knowing exactly what the box size would look like. And, uh, and there was no box that matched the description. They were all too small. And so I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe they're hiding because they know that I know how big the box is. And so I'm just like, I don't mention it. I just go throughout Christmas and we open all the presents and, and I'm sort of waiting for another present. I'm waiting for another one. They're like, all right, lunchtime. I'm like, what? And uh, so it comes around to next year, and I'm like, you know, all year I'm going to lay this groundwork. I'm going to believe for bigger miracles. I'm going to believe for bigger things. And so I'm laying this groundwork, persisting, you know, knowing the Lord's doing my chores. And it comes to Christmas, and I walk out, and there is a Nintendo Wii size box there with a DVD size box uh, little present on top. And it was the year of the promise. And I got a Nintendo Wii. And by then, like, when Nintendo Wii's were old, it was, I was going to have to go on eBay for like 40 bucks. And uh, now they're like, yeah, now you can get a new one for like 40 bucks. But uh, hey, our faith needs to be persistent to see the promise. Our faith needs to be persistent to see the promise. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing the right thing, for at the proper time we will reap the reward if we do not give up. Yeah. You know, we'll reap the reward if we just meet the minimum requirements of just don't give up. Yeah. Like, keep believing for it. Keep your faith. It's like my certificate three course in high school. They would give me the certificate if I just showed up every day for a year. <laughs> if I just showed up and ticked my name off, yeah, I sat through that class, I got a certificate three. Yeah. You, know, you just need to keep your faith. Don't give up. You know, life gets hard. Things get difficult. That's going to happen. You know, we're not promised this perfect life when we step into a relationship with God, but we're promised a strength and a reward. Yeah. Persistency, and here's the big thing, here's, here's why I think we're called to persistency. Because persistency turns a feeling into faith. Yeah. Persistency turns a feeling into faith. Sometimes we're too led by our feelings as modern day society, like... You know, you walk into a coffee shop and you're just like, I'm just not vibing this coffee shop. I'm going to go to the one down the road. Has it got the right, you know, lights or atmosphere or the right song isn't playing? But we, we are so based on feelings. Like, you know, we're, we're consumed and led by the feelings and our urges and our desires. But our faith cannot be led like that. Our life cannot be led like that. We need to live our lives on a more solid foundation. We can't let our feelings control us. We need to control our feelings. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been to the gym, but I went to the gym two years ago today. I've just finished my two-year contract in the gym. And as they do, they offered me a week where I could go and test it out. And one day, I just decided, you know, I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'm not as fit as I used to be. So I'm going to go and suss out the gym. And I had this feeling, this motivation. I'm just like, I'm good at this. Like, I can do this. And so I went, they signed me up for a week free trial. And I went, I met with a personal trainer, he gave me this routine. And at the end of the week, I was feeling great. I was like, you know, more energy, happier. You know, I feel like I look fitter, even though I probably don't. It's just like a mental thing. And I'm like, you know what, let's sign up. Two year contract, $11 a month. That's like, a, that's like $11 a week, that's a cheap price. And I'm like, let's do it. This is a new me. I'm believing for this. I'm going to step into commitment. And uh, so I signed up for the gym, and no one told me that by the second week you just hate the gym. There's no <laughs> where else you want to go. You're not seeing the same sort of, um, you know, 
uh, results as it is the first week. It gets a bit harder and a, and, a, and a bit more difficult. And all of a sudden, it's like it's like what was what was once motiv motivated by a feeling turned into a commitment, and that's what I base my fitness on. And in the same way, as Christ as Christians, what was once motivated by a feeling like, hey, I want to have a relationship with God needs to be turned into something more substantial. It needs yeah. to be turned into a commitment. Yeah. And then when I became a Christian, it was like that perfect, atmospheric, vibing moment. It was like the lights were just right. The keyboard player had just gone to a, you know, Jesus, and it was <laughs> And then the preacher gave the invitation. He said the right word that struck me and, like, you know, convicted my soul. There was a little bit of adrenaline. My heart was beating faster. And I was like, you know, this is it. I'm going to make the decision. But if I stay led by my feelings, then I'm going to be, you know, a pretty floppy Christian. I'm going to be a pretty yeah. easy giving up Christian. Yeah. We need to be yeah. stepping into commitment, stepping into faith, and relying in God, not just relying in how we're feeling on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon, whether we're going to come to church or not. We need to get committed to the house. You know? We need to join a team. We need to step out in faith. We need to start giving our finance, not because we have to, but because there's an invitation to commit in a relationship with God. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart above all things is deceitful and desperately sick. And uh, I just think that's our feelings. Like as, as well-meaning as our hearts are sometimes, if we're led by our feelings, then we're not going to last very long. It's going to deceive us. It's going to deceive us and lead us somewhere we don't want to go. It's like, I don't know, I've got an eight-year-old nephew, and he's great to be around. It's really fun, but I wouldn't let him control my life. Like, I wouldn't let him make my decisions. <laughs> it's the same with our feelings. Our feelings are great. They're awesome. They're even a good place to start with your relationship with God. But hey, let's step out of our feelings and into faith. So good. Let's step into relationship with God. There's a story in, um, in First Kings uh, of this guy called Elijah. And he was a prophet. He was a man that spoke on behalf of God. And it was in this time where Israel was in this three-year drought. They were in this drought and, and the Israelites tried everything. They worshipped multiple gods. They like believed for this miracle that just wasn't happening. And all of a sudden, Israel made this decision. Israel as a nation collectively made this decision to step into a relationship with God. They say, we have one God now and that God is you know, the God of Abraham, our God. And so Elijah says... He says to the king, King Ahab, who had just gone on this massive killing spree of prophets and, and you know, um, people who believe in God, he said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. Now, I think that's a crazy thing because, you know, this is in the middle of a three-year drought. There was no rain anywhere. It was blue skies. It was hot. And Elijah says to this king who hated, you know, who just killed all these prophets, he said, hey, there is the sound of heavy rain. All of a sudden, Elijah is stepping very much out of the safe zone. He stepped out of the cave he's been hiding in to go to the king and say, hey, there is the sound of heavy rain. God, we believe that the miracle is going to come. And so it goes on. Um, go and look. Uh, so Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and bent down to the ground. And he put his face in between his knees and he said, go and look towards the sea to his servant. He went up and looked seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, there is a small cloud uh, 
There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go to Ahab, hitch up your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds and wind rose. A heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. So Elijah had told the king that there was going to be rain in the middle of a three-year drought. But not only that, is he stepped up into a mountain. He stepped up into a private place, and he, he began to pray. And he began to pray for the miracle. He began to put his faith into action. Yeah. And as he did that, the servant would go and check. So uh, Elijah's over here. He's like praying, God, I believe this. God, may there be rain. Would there be the end of the drought? I believe that you've said this over Israel. God, would it just rain? And this uh, servant would go check, go to the other side of the mountain. And they'd come back and say, you know, there's no rain. So he keeps praying again, God. Come on, I, I really believe this is going to happen. I believe that you've called this. I believe this is a promise. Um, and then the servant would go check and come back and there's no rain. And so Elijah says again, God, come on, I believe this is the promise. I believe you're going to rain. Uh, there's going to be a rain over this land. And the servant goes and checks and, and there's nothing. And I reckon by this point, Elijah's just not feeling it anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, by the third time, I'm just done. Yeah. Elijah's like, man, I'm going to get so murdered yeah. by this king. <laughs> I'm just told that there's going to be rain. But Elijah keeps persisting. God, I believe wow. this is going to happen. Yeah. I have unwavering faith. I believe this is going to happen. He sends his servant off and his servant comes back and says, there's no rain. He does it again and again and he gets to the sixth time. And I just imagine how justified it would have been to give up at the sixth time. Yeah. How justified it would have been to be like, maybe tomorrow, maybe we'll come back yeah. tomorrow. We tried so hard. Yeah. You know, I've been in this position for hours now. This guy's gone from one side of the mountain to the other six times now. Yeah. Maybe it's just not going to happen today. But then Elijah prays one more time. He prays one more time. God, I believe this is going to happen. I believe you've said this, and because you've said it, it's going to happen. So, God, would you let it happen? And the servant goes and checks. And here's the thing. The servant didn't see this massive rain cloud. It was this tiny little cloud beginning to form over the ocean. And Elijah's faith was so great in that moment that he saw the promise growing from that tiny little thing. Yes. And he ran down and told the king, it's going to rain before yeah. it was going to rain. Yeah. Wow. Come on, seven times after he prayed for it and seen nothing. He still believed that this small thing was yeah. going to grow into a big rain cloud and bring back prosperity yeah. to the nation of Israel. Yeah. How crazy is that faith? Yeah. Persistent faith makes the promise possible. You know, I don't know in your life, but it feels repetitive. It feels repetitive to go back to God and believe the things. You know, you, you might have had so many good moments at church where you're like, you get a revelation, you're like, life is going to be great, and then you go back out to the world and you're like, man, this sucks. Yeah. Like, man, this is hard. Yeah. Like, why is everything just happening? Why isn't this promise just happening? Yeah. Let me tell you that persistency builds faith. Yeah. Persistency will build your faith. Keep going. Very good. Keep persisting and persevering in the promise. You know, some of you are in that faith zone tonight, and you're like, you've been doing doing it for years. And maybe you're on the sixth time and it feels like, hey, I might just call it quits here. Maybe you're just feeling that heaviness. Hey, keep persisting. Yeah. Keep persisting. You know, God offers us, offers us a new strength. So keep going back to God. You know, I 
I used to be a youth pastor in this youth group in Kalamanda, and um, and out of faith, we just got this guest speaker and he blew him over, and he was um, speaking on healing. He learned to speak on healing. And my experience of healing was I absolutely believed God could heal people, but I've tried and I've tried and I've never seen it happen. Like, I've never actually seen it happen. And so we got this um, speaker over just to speak to our young people, not really even expecting much, but just that he would come and give you a teaching. I know it might be a good night. And so we threw together this night, and we got our biggest ever attendance at that time, which was like 120 young people. It was just huge. And he began to speak, oh, well, before we, before we went, we had dinner. And I asked him, like, how, like, how do you heal? Like, what's your process? Like, what's your prayer sound like? Like, what's different between what you're doing and what I'm doing? Because my thing isn't working, and your thing is, like, you're healing all these people. And he just said, hey, like, the first time, it might feel, it might feel like you should just stop. Like, it might feel like you should just stop there and go to the next person. But tonight, when you pray for people, just keep praying until you see it happen. Yeah. Just keep praying. It might be 28 times, but just keep praying until you see that person healed. And he says, like, he doesn't know why he can't explain it, but for, for some reason, you know, just the persistence, the re repetition of faith, of just putting yourself out there and stepping out again and again and again, we'll see the miracle happen. So, you know, we rock up to youth that night, and there's this kid there that I've never seen before. So I go and say hi, and he's... He's this cool guy, he's year seven, and, and he's got no friends there. So I'm like, come hang out with me. Let's, let's sit together, um, and we go through the night. The guy preaches, amazing message, people healed on stage. And then the, the speaker says, hey, if anyone needs healing, um, just come to the front. Just come up to the front. And like half the youth group, like 60 people come up to the front. Like, oh my gosh, 60 people are going to be so disappointed. <laughs> like, how is this going to happen? <laughs> but one of the young people was the guy that was sitting next to me, the guy who had no friends, he just came for the first time. And, uh, and so, you know, we come to the point where we're praying for people. And I just asked him if I can, well, what's wrong? And if I can pray for him. He said, his knee, his knee, since birth. Um, he hasn't really been able to play sport, but what he does, it just flares up and it's just agonizing pain. And even when he was standing there, it was just in pain, like it's just constant pain in his knees, in his whole life. And so uh, we sat him down, I laid my hands on his knee, and I just begin praying, like, does it feel any better? So he stands up and he's still in pain. So I say, sit down, we're going again. And I put my hand on him and I pray, God. God, I just pray for this young person that you know his knee would be healed, that you just begin to rework it, fix things, the pain would be taken away. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, do you feel anything? He's like, no, no, I'm still in pain. Okay. And this kid, this kid's not a Christian. So I can't, I don't know why he let me go the third time. But I went the third time. I said, hey, can I pray for you one more time? And I put my hand on his knee and I'm like, dear God, would you just heal him? In Jesus' name, amen. I'm like, how do you feel? And he stands up and his eyes just light up. He's like, what the? And he said something else. <laughs> his knee was healed. He was like, and he wasn't, he was like running up and down the stage. On the front of the stage. He was loving it. He was like, all of a sudden, just like excited. And he, you know, gave his life to God right in that moment. And it was just this awesome time. But I just think like, that wouldn't have happened if I just didn't go back. Yeah. I can sort of put myself and my own ego on the line and just trust in God. You know, I didn't even 
really believe, I don't know if I even really believed if it could happen in that moment, but I was praying for it. But I just kept on going because of not a feeling inside of me, but because of what I know about God. You know, He wants to prosper us. He wants to give us hope in the future. He wants to do something in our lives beyond anything we're capable of. And there's been so many, there's still things in my life that I'm leaning for God for. For years, I've prayed hundreds of times for them, and they still haven't come. And, and I don't know if there's people that can relate in this place. Maybe you've made the step of faith. Maybe, you know, you've gone to God a number of times and just feeling like, man, is it even going to happen? Is this big thing going to change? And, you know, just naturally, is it just naturally how our brain works? Like, is this even possible? Can you do this, God? Like, I once believed this, but I'm not really seeing much. So, you know, what's happening here? I know there's some of you in this place that have been believing things financially for a long time, believing for things job-wise for a long time, for your family, for your family members or friends to be saved for a long time, but you're just sort of taking the position of rather than me concocting this plan to get them in the church, I'm just going to give them the option and trust that God's going to plan. And you've been years for that, it's just not happening. Maybe, Maybe there's something else, maybe there's something you can think of right now been trusting God for, trusting God for in your own life, and it's just not happening, healing, you know, I don't know, it's something that you've been so persistent in, yeah. like you just, at that point, at that sixth time where you're just like, hey, I might just call it a day, I don't know if I still really believe this can happen. Yeah. You know, there's this, I love to look to Jesus for examples of faith, uh, because although he was God, still in a human body with human feelings and human emotions. And so he's sort of got a perfect faith, but he still struggles with very similar things that we struggle with. And so Jesus, the night before he was about to be crucified, he goes to God. And he goes to God a number of times and he's just praying, God, like, is there any other way this can happen? Like, do I have to be crucified? Being God, he knew exactly what was going to happen to him the next day. And he was scared. He was so fearful over what's going to happen. It says in the Bible that he began to sweat blood. Drops like blood fell from him. I don't know, like, there's not been many people in the world that have ever sweated blood that that nervous. And so God was in this moment of just, I don't know if I can go through with this tomorrow. And it says in Luke 22, verse 43, it says, An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. An angel from heaven opened up the skies and just descended and strengthened him. And I think in the same way, with the things we struggle with, with the, you know, maybe we struggle with our consistency, I believe that we can go to God and just say, Hey, God, I need your strength to get through this next one. I need your strength to get through this next one. I don't know. If I'm going to make it, I still believe in my head that, you know, it's going to happen. The miracle's going to happen. The, the healing's going to happen. But my feelings just aren't there. In fact, I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm just, I'm just empty. I'm just feeling an emptiness towards my relationship with God. You know God can come and strengthen you if you just go to that place. Jesus went to that place three times and prayed. He just went to God and said, hey, God, you know, I'm struggling with this. 2 Corinthians 12, 8-9 says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. 
But he said to me, and this is full talk about his mission. He's, three times I've pleaded for God to take it away from me. But God said to me, For my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast the more gladly, all the more gladly, about my weakness, so that Christ's power might rest on me. Hey, isn't that just break that down for a second? That we might boast in our weakness. We might boast that we're struggling with things. Because we're going to see God's power come over us. We're going to see God's this new strength come over us. We don't have to sort of come to church and hide things anymore. We're all weak. We all struggle with things. We're all in position, positions where our persistency is wearing dry. And so we can sort of boast in that and say, hey God, I need your strength. I need you for this next time. I need you to sort of see me through this. And God will come and he'll strengthen me. I can't just get everyone to close their eyes tonight. I'm not going to do like an altar call or give you the raise your hand, but if there's something in your life right now that, you know, it's a promise, it's, it's something you're believing for, it's, it's something that you know God can deliver on, but you're just not feeling it anymore. You just, your senses are telling you that it's not going to happen. Like you're sort of relying on this last little bit of knowledge and faith you have in God that it's going to happen. Hey, let's just, let me just like pray for a new strength. Yeah. And let's believe that God's just going to you know, come into our hearts again and give us a new strength and a new trust in Him. I know there's things in my life, plenty of things that I need a new strength in persisting in. You know, I love the position I'm in, but there are some hard things that I'm going to deal with that came as a result of the position I'm in. And, uh, and so yeah, I'm praying for myself tonight, but hey, if there's, if there's something in your heart that you just need strength for, then just in this moment, just do some business with God. I'm going to pray and would you just keep that thing in the top of your mind and, and just begin to pray over that thing, whatever it is. Let's pray. God, Holy Spirit, I pray that your power will just fall in this place. God, you know, there's so many of us that are just tired, empty, broken. We're losing faith, God, and that's a part of naturally who we are, God, but we're claiming new power over our lives, God. We're claiming your power, Jesus, that, you know, we don't have to sort of struggle in the same way, but we can rely on your strength and your power, God. So I pray that as we continually step out in faith and do bigger and bolder things, God, that, you know, you would be there to strengthen us. You'd be there to give us new legs to face each day. God, I pray that even now people will begin to feel your spirit rising up in them, your strength rising up in them.
You know, I love the fact that Jaden encouraged us not to rely on our feelings because our feelings can deceive us and, and lead us all over the place. But tonight, God wants you to make no mistake and to demonstrate His love for you and I. So that's big. So Jesus didn't want it to leave up to our feelings to prove his love for us. In fact, he demonstrated his love for us. The Bible says that God loved us so much. He wanted to demonstrate his love for us in this. That he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. He said, while we were still sinners, while we were still sorting our stuff out, before we had it all together, God demonstrated his love for us in this. That he died for us. Now, God didn't want it to leave up to our feelings. I know sometimes we can feel that God is distant, that He's unreachable, but God wants us to leave no doubt in our mind that He loves us. And He demonstrated, He showed, or He proved His love to us in this, that He sent Jesus to die on the cross, to pay for our sins, before we got our lives straightened out or sorted out. So what God invites us to do is step out of the safe zone into the faith zone, that by faith, we can begin a relationship with God. Or maybe you've drifted from God for many years and tonight is your opportunity to come back, to step back into the faith zone to say, God, I step out of my feelings. My feelings are telling me I'm so guilty. My feelings are telling me my worthless. My feelings are telling me that I need to withdraw from you in shame. But actually God says, no, no, no. Don't rely on your feelings. Step into faith for what I have done for you. My hand is outstretched to you to invite you to step into this relationship with me. I love you so much. And tonight, would you take this step of faith and begin that relationship with me? And so I invite everyone to close their eyes right now together. And, and there's people also listening and watching online and we really want to welcome you to this moment as well, to this opportunity to step into faith, that you can begin a relationship. You know, in terms of your feelings or the stuff going on in your mind, you might not understand what's going on, but there's something in your spirit, something that goes deeper than your feelings, something that goes deeper than the rational thoughts in your mind. There's something in the spirit that is happening, that is responding to God's spirit, to his invitation to you right now. And so in a moment, what I'd love to do is to pray a prayer for you, to pray a prayer with you tonight. And this prayer will enable us to begin a relationship with God, to say, God, I know that I've stuffed up. I know that I've fallen short. I know that I've, I feel guilty and ashamed of the things I've done. But tonight, I put my trust, I put my faith in what you have done for me. Not about what I can do for you, God. But this is all about what you have done for me. So God, I ask you for forgiveness. And I surrender my life into your hands. Would you come in? Would your love come flooding into my heart? That's the prayer that we're going to be praying tonight. And it begins with a simple decision. The decision isn't mine to make. The decision isn't the person next to you to make. Maybe if you're watching online, the family or friends at home, maybe not your Christian parents, or maybe you're from a background where you've never been to church tonight. Well, this isn't about anyone else. This is about you before God reaching out to Him. And so if that's you in this moment here, in this room with me, and you want to make the most of this chance, this opportunity that you have to step into faith, to begin this relationship with the God who loves you. Like Jacob said, he has the best for you. He wants to forgive you, give you a fresh start, a hope for the future, and a hope that reaches on beyond this life into the next. If that's you tonight, you'd love me to include you in this prayer. 
Would you right now be bold and courageous and put up your hand nice and high so that I can see your hand so I know who I'm praying with? Thank you, Lord. That is awesome. You can put your hand down. It's so good. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else in this room that tonight you want to make the most of this opportunity to say yes to God? Maybe again, you've drifted from God many times or, or for a long time, and tonight is your moment to come back and to step into faith and a relationship with Him. Maybe you're online as well, and tonight, right now, you want to make the most of this chance. Just give just a few more moments. Is there anyone else tonight that would like to take that step of faith? Thank you, Lord. Just a few more moments. That's so good. That's awesome. Hey, we want to celebrate this person who's put up their hand tonight. And, um, and taking this step of faith. We'd love it if you could pray with us. And tonight, maybe you haven't put up your hand, but we'd love you to pray this prayer along with us anyway. Let's all pray together. Dear God, I thank you that you love me, that you died for me before I had it all worked out. Thank you that you take me as I am. Thank you that you rose from the dead to defeat the power of evil died on the cross for my sin to forgive me to wash me clean and to make me new I surrender my life into your hands in Jesus name thank you Lord I pray for the person I pray for anyone else Lord let's pray that prayer tonight Lord those that are still on the journey Lord I pray God that you touch every single person in this place with your love Lord with a new sense of hope for the future in Jesus name Amen. Come on, let's thank God together. Let's sing this last song together. Let's sing zeal as we finish our prayers.